Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For one, for podcasting. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Mark Morehouse coming up in 20 minutes. He covers Iowa, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Gary Barta press conference at 1. Kirk Ferentz press conference to follow right after that at 1.30. Uh, not sure what they're about. Well, I'm guessing football. Football. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, in the Big Ten, too. How about that? And they're going to play, and Bill Bender's going to talk about that and other things. Bill Bender covers college football uh, at the Sporting News, sportingnews.com. Bill Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. I know it where the announcement was graded by a great deal of joy in most corners here, uh, certainly in the eastern part of the state. You're in Ohio. I'm guessing the same thing likewise there, especially with Ohio State, as you correctly pointed out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, nobody has more to uh, lose uh, with the shutdown than Ohio State, as they are a legitimate national championship contender. At least they were without before all the opt-outs, some of which may be coming back. But uh, just uh, just the uh, days leading up to it, Bill, when did it become apparent to you uh, that uh, that this was indeed going to happen? Uh, the momentum was heading in that direction, and obviously... I think it's the right call. I mean, at least they have a plan. That's that's what I've been kind of maintaining all along. I don't know if the plan's going to work. I, I really don't. I mean, we just had another cancellation today with uh, North Carolina and Charlotte. The ACC's had cancellations. Uh, Arkansas State and Memphis are where they are. But I think in terms of the safeguards necessary to give kids a chance to play, Kevin Warren and that leadership team got that done. Not everybody's going to like it, um, and that's fine. And I, but I think the the celebration you feel is kind of tempered by the fact that you know it's like Kevin Warren said, a very fluid situation. It is, and some of the parameters that were put in place: the twenty one day uh, isolation quarantine that is there, ramping back up to play for players that do test positive. The percentages of teams not being able to practice or play certainly different than it seems like we've seen in a lot of other areas. How big of a concern is that for you? That Already with the cancellations we see, maybe it's going to go to another level with the Big Ten because of some of these hurdles they put in place. I mean, it might. Uh, you know, you, you can't bank everything on that. But, I mean, it is. It's a concern. And I think the other concern is they set themselves up with this very tight window, uh, very, very tight window that uh, it's going to be tough to uh, overcome if they have some of these mm-hmm. things happen. And there's already some hot spots within the Big Ten. So I think that's something to um, get through the season with the tight window and no, no chance to cancel. And that's going to be the big case because the Big Ten needs their season to work because obviously they're only playing eight games. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, your biggest takeaway from last week was what? 
Clemson's still awesome. I mean, I watched that game pretty tight. Hey, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. I mean, it's scary to think, Ken, that this might be their most talented team. And how about those two, def- yeah, those two defensive, those freshmen on the defensive line, Bill? Oof. Yep, both of them. Right. And it, it's scary. You're going to have to play your perfect game to beat uh, Clemson, and you juxtapose that with the fact that Notre Dame didn't look great. Nope. Um, you know, they've got some nice pieces at running back, new tight end there and Mayer. But uh, Ian Book's going to have to play his best when they play some of the ACC's best. And there's two pretty good ACC quarterbacks going at it in primetime tonight, or not tonight, Saturday, yes, with uh, Mikhail Cunningham and Derek King. Hmm. Yeah, I look forward to that no, it's, one. It's, and it's a tight line, too. I mean, it's not the shiniest week, obviously, Bill. No. But if we get through the day, we'll be rewarded, at least on paper, with a pretty good game. Bill, with that, uh, the Big 12 late today, the three losses to Sun Belt teams, including a ranked Iowa State team. Uh, how much lingering does that leave throughout the season? And, and with it, the undefeated Oklahoma is still going to get in. But if it does get to that point, now with the Big 10 back playing, could this be something that impacts the league as a whole when we get to the playoff time, even if it doesn't involve somebody that would be vying for one of those spots? You know what I thought about the Big 12, Trent, was a couple things. Yeah, those upsets were wild, but um, I, I wonder if it's different if Iowa State has a full house. You know, is third down different for Louisiana? Mm. Is it a little bit different? Is K-State a little bit tougher to play at in a full house? And I know those sound like excuses, but... You know, I I just wondered out loud about it on Saturday. And then the other part is, I don't know if it matters because you know who was arguing on my Twitter feed all night? Texas and Oklahoma fans because they both (laughs) like their quarterback. They both showed up against inferior competition. And that tells me that October 10th is going to be a fun game. Yeah, I'll say Spencer Rattler. Look, we knew Ellinger was pretty good. Uh, Spencer Rattler waited his time. His time is now. Uh, he didn't throw the ton, uh, the ball a ton, Bill. And I don't mean to, you know, sit here and say that I saw any of it other than the highlights because I wasn't paying $39 to watch that or whatever the price was. But Spencer Rattler in week number one against inferior competition, he put the ball where it needed to be. Uh, he looked really good. He did, and uh, you know, and our primer today pointed out that he had the most yards per attempt of any FBS quarterback last weekend. And if you don't think that, I mean, yeah, it didn't matter in that game, but it, watch that stat as the season goes on, because the top three quarterbacks in yards per attempt last year were guys named Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Joe Burrow. Not too bad. So, uh, you know, Spencer's off to a, another hot start, and we'll see when they actually play somebody that isn't, you know, an FCS opponent. Hey, what did you think of Jeff Sims uh, at Georgia Tech? I thought he was terrific. And then Chase Bryce at Duke. I think both of those schools might have found quarterback. I'm not saying that they're going to contend, obviously, but Bryce, the Clemson transfer, uh, and Sims at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's one of those teams. Trent had him last week. He was on him. Uh, uh, I know Twitter thought he was nuts that he took them. Uh, he's wishing he would have taken them the straight up. Line, yeah. uh, but what about those two quarterbacks, Bill? Yeah, as bad as my picks have been the first two weeks, I did get that Georgia Tech cover, and um, I like the way they play with Collins. They just there's a little bit of different bend to them. They're mm-hmm. playing hard. They might not be the most talented team, but their defense gutted it out. They had some kicker issues, and like you said, that boy, I'll say, yeah, the quarterback uh, played well though. And um, if they can limit UCF's big plays on Saturday, they might have a chance to do it again. Um, I'm not saying they're winning, but I kind of like them to cover again. I just I like the makeup of that program where it's going. It's not there, 
where it's going with Georgia Tech and uh, Jeff Collins. Dylan McCaffrey leaving Michigan. Yeah, what's behind that? Yeah, fighting for the the starting job. It felt like coming into it. Does that say anything about Milton or McNamara, the other two that were fighting for that job? And any idea where he's going to land? Yeah, Michigan is the team that got. You know, yeah, they're playing, but yeah, they had some guys leave. So, you know, whether it was Jalen Mayfield, you know, their offensive line is going to be retooled. Um, Obviously, Nico Collins opted out as well. So, I mean, but you bring in, it sounds like Joe Milton went in and won that job. And, you know, Milton's a guy that they've, they've liked his raw talent for a couple of years. McCaffrey's always going to be that, what could have maybe been. You know, you wonder if that season's different if, if they don't have a delay. But hopefully he goes on to bigger and better things. I know in the limited action you saw him, like, you know, got good genes. He's a good athlete. Um but, but you never really get to see that materialize in Ann Arbor. Hopefully it does somewhere else. You know, the, the opt-out was such a big story, Bill, when the Big Ten wasn't going to play until at least we thought maybe January. Uh, I know Bromit uh, with Purdue, he hasn't ruled out Rondell Moore coming back. Well, what are the, what's the likelihood that some of these opt-outs, and I would assume that they would have had to have been in school, right? They just couldn't you know, opt out, not go to school and start training, and then come back at this point to play, I, I don't believe. So help me out with that one. And then what's the likelihood that some of these big names do come back? Hopefully they do. I mean, like, Tom Mars is involved, too. So, I mean, hopefully we can get some of these guys back on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that would be good. I think they should be given some leeway with the agents because they you – know, what would you do if you didn't think you were going to play? Find an agent. No, Absolutely. And then they doubled down and said, you're definitely not going to play, and then they come back and say, you're going to play. I, mm-hmm. I think the office, at least in this case, deserves some leeway. It would be great to get Rondale Moore back on a football field for one year. Yeah, I'm with you, especially. I mean, he's not the lone ranger, right? They, they, Bell's a pretty good player in his mm-hmm. own right, and I think they got a guy that can get him the football. So we shall see about Purdue. Bill, uh, Louisiana Lafayette pulled the big upset against Iowa State. I love Georgia State on this side. It's not a shiny week, as Ken mentioned a little bit earlier here. How do the Raging Cajuns bounce back and now ranked for the first time in a long time? Yeah, that's a tough game to pick. I went back and forth because Georgia – uh, State has never lost to them by more than 14 points. Mm-hmm. So the line's sitting out at 17, and then you start scratching your head because you're like, you know Louisiana's good, but sometimes when a team gets all that attention, you know how it goes. You, know, you have a letdown the next week. So it would be an interesting test of focus, but I really like what Billy Napier has there. Yeah. Some issues at receivers, was, was able to make some special teams plays, and Spices up a race with App State, I think, in that conference. Yeah, me too. It'll be fun to watch those two go at it. I'm with you, Bill. So, what about uh, any update? Pac-12. I know that there looks like they're moving up their timeline. Mountain West as well. What's going to happen in the MAC? Are they having second thoughts? What about the other conferences that now know that you know maybe we uh, might be able to play after all? I don't know if the MAC's going to be able to go. Just in the sense I've got from John Steinbecker in his comments yesterday. I mean, the others will try. But again, you're entering that unknown where you can play, but, I mean, you, you could get into a mess. So, again, there's nothing perfect. I, I, I think the hardest part to do with this was, like, you know, you see all the instant judgment on Twitter from both directions. Yep. I'm really happy they're playing. I'm just hoping they can do it safely. I, I, I don't think it's, you know, anything other than that, that you're trying to achieve some amount of normalcy in a world where that I keep telling people, I mean, whether it's your school your local businesses, everything else. 
you know, I don't really know what normalcy is, guys. Uh, and, and I think this is one way to try to achieve it. Indeed. Bill Bender, SportingNews.com. Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bill Bender. Uh, schedule hey, ratchets no up Thank in you. a big way next week with the SEC joining the fray. Thanks, Bill. Hey, thank you. Good to talk to you, Bill Bender, from the Sporting News. So tomorrow, do you know what ESPN's feeding, putting up tomorrow night on ESPN College Football? Campbell, mm-hmm. Coastal Carolina. All right. Campbell's Chanticleers. Right. I'm in. Not on ESPNU. Not on ESPN 9. Big ESPN. Big ESPN. Campbell and Coastal. Trent, this is the worst week of college football, certainly this century. Yeah, no right? doubt. Yes. Uh, it's, so here's what I've tried to fit, map out. My my week. Okay. So Boston, uh, Houston, Baylor early. Houston, Baylor. Just because we want to see Baylor because they're on yeah. the clone schedule. Maybe a little Oklahoma State, Tulsa. Yeah. Are they the same time? Yeah, that's also at 11. Time. So both of those. That'll be the back and forth. Uh, Georgia Tech. I'm going to watch your Georgia Tech mm-hmm. uh, going up. And they get a touchdown from Central Florida. Yeah. And then at night, you know, Miami Louisville's actually that's a, a pretty good game. Yeah. yeah. Tight point spread. ABC's got it. But man, oh man, uh, Notre Dame, South Florida. Meh. So Ralph Russo is the AP, the AP writer for college football, college sports, yeah. and their national guy. He is also in charge of the AP top twenty-five. He's the one that gets all the votes in. He, he's in charge of that. And hearing kind of the back and forth that he had, obviously after week one, Big Ten's not playing, mm-hmm. Pac-12's not playing. They're out. They're not going to vote on them anymore. Now. He has to come up. When do you include the Big Ten? You put them back in, and same thing as we wait for Mountain West and Pac-12. If they come back, when is the right time? Is it when they're still when they play the first time we see them? Is it when we get a schedule in front of it? When's the right time to bring them back in? And he says he believes once they have a schedule out, then he'll allow the voters to come back and put those teams in there. But boy, it's a difficult difficult question to come up with when you rank these teams again. Yeah, that, that, that's fair because there's a handful of them that are going to be a part of it, and it's important. Uh-huh. It's the committee does not use the AP poll, but it certainly is a benchmark that that people look at, and you have writers across the country figuring that out. It's such a wild season, yeah. That, and that, uh, Pac-12 sounds like they're maybe tra- November, yeah. Potentially Halloween was been floated out mm-hmm. there. Halloween's the thirty first. That's a Saturday. Hell, well, of course you know. Well, Thank except you. in Ankeny, it's the thirtieth. Oh, Cross Central Iowa. The is it ridiculous night? Oh yes. I wonder if that, is that even a thing in two thousand twenty. I don't think it can be. Will oh, you have kids? Do you yeah. Think you, you think you will? We'll do something. Really? Yes. They got masks on already. <laughs> That's a good point. Never thought of that. They're good. Yeah. Just leave the candy outside. Help yourself. Exactly. Oh, uh, well, anyways. I got a new uh, Nest, by the way. The, you know, those video devices where you can watch people at your doorbell. Oh, you did? Yeah. So have you had any? Those uh, little craps that have been stealing my candy every single yeah, year when yeah, I'm taking yeah. the kids out. I'm going to catch you this year. You watch it. I got my eye on you now. So have you actually gone back and listened? Does it alert you when somebody, you don't have to like watch 12 hours to no, find no. something, yeah. right? It, it will, there's like a motion detector on there. You can see if somebody rings the it's doorbell. It's like a field camera for the deer. When the deer yes. walks by, then it activates. Exactly. Gotcha. So uh, got that out there and my wife's excited. You know, what did it she cost has packages, you? Yeah, 150 bucks That's maybe all told. All. Something like that. And yeah. there's no monthly fee or anything, right? Or is, there, there is. You oh, can is get, there? Kind of like the full streaming and watch it on your phone, those type of things. And it's like six, seven bucks a month, something like that. My wife's excited because of all the packages she dropped off. Me, 
It's for kids stealing my Snickers bars <laughs> on the 30th of October every year. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, joins us next. There's a fresh podcast in the hamper for Mark and Scott Dockerman. They recorded that this morning. We'll uh, get into to, um, we'll speculate with Mark coming up next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We're here until noon. Uh, Murph and Andy coming up at 2. The Fanatics slide in here at 4. Mark Morehouse joins us right now. Cedar Rapids Gazette, gazette.com. Uh, him and Scott Dockerman apparently recorded a podcast this morning. Did you accomplish that this morning, Mark Morehouse, you and Doc? Done and done. Good. And when will it be up at, at the Gazette? Hopefully in the next hour or so. I mean, it shouldn't take that long. How long did you go? Two hours? That was your last one, apparently. It was a long uh, one. I don't think so. Um, maybe? No, I don't think quite two hours. I gotcha. Well, Mark, uh, here we go. We now have a date. We know that it's going to happen. We're not sure if they're going to play on Friday, the 23rd, or more likely the 24th. But let's start just uh, with the uh, how it came together. When... Um, when it, it seems like the testing, right? Once they, once that they, you know, the Pac-12 got their uh, instant tests or quick tests, antigen tests, fifteen minutes, you can, uh, they, you can find out if you're positive or not. Uh, that seemed to be the tipping point to me. How about to you, Mark Morehouse? Uh, did it seem likely? Was that the thing that pushed this um, from a stop back into the green zone again? Yeah, and I'm glad that they, uh, I'm glad they had uh, Northwestern President Morton Shapiro on yesterday because he kind of. You know, broke down what what the presidents were thinking. It was cool to have a president one because it's <laughs> they're the ones who pulled the plug. Yep. But but also it was good to have a president just go through his reactions and and uh, he said you know he didn't know how they could play it when they canceled it. He didn't see any path forward. And then you know sometimes things change. And I think that antigen not not the antigen so much as uh, the rapid saliva testing. I want to say that. Within five days after the league canceled or postponed the season, I think that changed. I think that that, that uh, had some advances and became more available. Now it's still expensive, but but I uh, I think that that was obviously was a game changer. And I think that along with the myocarditis studies or mitigation or however you want to put that, their their uh, concerns were kind of quelled a little bit, and so. Those two things, I think, were the were the main things that needed to fall in line. Um, what was interesting was it sounded like the medical side of the Big Ten they were they were disagreeing on the front end of this, and I think that probably as much as anything sent the presidents into a tailspin, mm-hmm. um, left the ads hanging, left the ads cutting you know sports and um, dealing with budget deficits of a hundred million bucks. Uh, yeah, that all happened. So uh, I don't know. I, the next question, uh, one I'm getting from a lot of people is, can Iowa undo some of the stuff it did with uh, sports? We don't know that yet mm-hmm. because we don't know exactly what the TV pay will be, but it'll be better than what it was. Yeah. I think uh, Iowa's budget came out this week. I think $53 million bucks from the Big Ten in uh, 2020. This year they were scheduled to make uh, $10 million. So So um, I think that'll go up, and 
never say never on the sports, I guess. Uh, let me jump in here, Trent. Uh, Arlen Bruce, uh, Keith Murphy reporting uh, in his Twitter feed. Uh, he's been uh, ruled ineligible. Dual residence. Uh, this just came in from the Iowa High School Athletic Association. So Arlen Bruce, ineligible, a soon-to-be Hawkeye. There it is on that front. So the Ankeny Hawk will not be on the football field for the varsity team, at the very least, for Ankeny. Mark Morehouse joining us from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, we can talk Iowa football. We can talk about the players. We can talk about the team, something that we missed in the spring. We missed in the summer for the most part. Looking at this football team, what excites you? What concerns you on the surface level? The, the concerns and the and uh, haven't really changed. To me, I, I need to see, you know, how deep the defensive line is. Can they affect the quarterback? I think they can. You know, one thing the world's longest off season has kind of shown us. Uh, we had Jay Neiman on our podcast, and you know, he quickly came up with eight names that he, uh, for the defensive line that he felt very positive with, and. Uh, I think the Northern Illinois guys, uh, Lorbeck and uh, M- Matt Helfland, will help and will be in the rotation. So I think Iowa has become fairly deep on the defensive line and will have a bunch of guys who maybe can fit some roles. Uh, quarterback will be different because, you know, Spencer Peters is not uh, Nate Stanley. That could be okay. I mean, uh, hey, Nate, Nate's, uh, uh, it, it's been interesting to watch him go through his, uh, the NFL process. He talked about uh, his throwing motion and and some of the struggles he went through. I think Petrus, uh, it's, it's interesting. He's done. I think he's he's crossed every dotted every i, crossed every t. He needs to, except actually doing it in a game. Right. So I'm interested in get, seeing him there. But you're right, Trent. It's actually good to talk about football. One thing, talking uh, offensive line on the podcast just a few minutes ago, way deeper, way more names yeah. uh, than than uh, even. Uh, the, the competition for the inside players, inside positions outside of center are going to be very, very interesting, and it's filling up fast, and I think that offensive line could be as deep and as good as it's been in a long time. Yeah, with you add in the transfer, Coy Kronk on the right side, big shoes to fill in Worf, but uh, certainly he's played in the Big Ten before. I saw something from one of the NFL scouts yesterday, Mark, that said the biggest impact that the return to play in the Big Ten, and they listed like six, five or six players that will benefit from being able to put senior tape out there for the scouts. Two of them were Hawks. Coy Kronk was one of them. The other uh, was Smith Marset. Both of those guys i think stand to gain uh, obviously in the uh, eyes of nfl scouts if they're able to perform uh and they wouldn't have been uh up until this last week so good for them i think brandon i would put brandon smith on that list i think he's a guy who's uh people forget he missed uh hummer four or five games last year i think his numbers would have been much better uh i think he benefits from a season and and i i don't know if a team drafts a kicker but if Keith Duncan did does what he did last year, he probably wins the Groza, and he may get drafted. I mean, Iowa has had decent kickers. Uh, I would count Miguel Racinos. I would count Marshall Kane as NFL level kickers who just haven't gotten that big break. Uh, I think if Keith duplicates things, he can maybe get drafted. I, I think we see how important. Well, uh, the guy from the Titans really kind of uh, <laughs> saved himself there, but yeah. uh, uh, I think that. Uh, he he could with a good senior year could boost himself. I think uh, I think there are a lot of Iowa. I think this is an Iowa team that maybe doesn't have the worst Epineza on the front end of the draft or a Hawkinson fans, but I think that it has a lot of guys in the three to four round, a lot of Geno Stone type guys. And if they have more of those and fewer of the upper echelon guys, it can still be a really good Iowa team. 
What do you anticipate we're going to see a schedule? I know uh, your partner there on the podcast, Scott Docterman, he thought and uh, had heard some things, possibility reverting back to the schedule that was in place a while back. It'd be Penn State and Michigan State as the crossovers. What are you hearing? Uh, the Purdue, I think it was the Purdue AD let that out of the bag. Um, so that, that, that does sound like that's at least the uh, schematic they're working on. Um, the I think Iowa is still going to get a very difficult schedule because it was Iowa's turn to have that difficult schedule. Um, it'll be interesting to see what teams are, are there or not there when it comes comes time to play. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the schedule. I think that the, the crossovers, Michigan State, uh, Penn State, uh, but beyond that, uh, four, four away, four home, and uh, uh, not here. I think – I see one one interesting thing with the schedule is TV and how TV will work, and uh, there's going to be Friday night games, maybe yep. more than one. Yeah, and we know that Moose is politicking hard. He wants Nebraska to play Iowa on Black Friday, and I'm with you, Mark. I'm not sure that that's going to be the lone Friday night affair for the Hawks, whether it be at home or, or on the road, because you said the magic words. I think Doc yesterday said normally there would be 96 television opportunities or 96 games would have been would have been uh, uh, broadcast somewhere. That number looks like it's 63 this year, if his math is correct. So, yeah, why not capitalize on Friday? Tonight. Maybe even Thursday's Mark Morehouse. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, and also, I wonder how much COVID will dictate uh, maybe moving a game a day or two. Um, so the, I think I think you have to build flexibility into it. I do think it's important that the, the TV and the league are talking and they can come to some sort of financial agreement. If I'm TV, I think I'm a little generous on this end, hoping that this buys me some goodwill when it's time to renegotiate in 2023. Mm. Mark, uh, there is so much to to talk about, to decipher, to figure out, but there is still the reality that we're playing in the middle of a pandemic and cancellations are going to happen today. North Carolina and Charlotte, their game was off the board. When you look at what the Big Ten has put in place here, certainly seems stricter than what the other conferences are dealing with. Your takeaways, you read through all the parameters in place. Yeah, I think the most important thing is uh, when Iowa has reported its positives for all of its sports this year, you know, a lot of people question, well, what is, okay, yeah, that's a positive, but did the kid go to the hospital, the kid, you know, what were the symptoms? And we're not getting a lot of that information. So right now what it looks like, I mean, the Big Ten is not, is not figuring out, is not even asking those questions. If it's positive, it counts. And then – you start doing the math, and once you hit 5%, you're in that red zone, and you have to break. Um, if a player gets a COVID positive, that's a 21 days out of the – that's three games. That's, that's, that's a huge chunk of your season. So uh, the, the Ohio State doctor yesterday, uh, James Borchers, said uh, uh, a lot of this is, is, is based on prevention, and uh, I think Harbaugh has hit the nail on the head. He, he's the coach who comes up with the sayings anymore. Uh, stay positive, test negative. So I, I, there is a huge, huge onus on, on teams and programs and football communities to not test positive because that is what the Big Ten is counting. It doesn't count. It doesn't care about hospital. It doesn't care about what the symptoms were. If you're positive, you go you go on the list and protocols fall into place and that your team is one percentage point closer to not playing. So mm. 
huge pressure. I mean, yeah. we, we kind of scoffed at teams signing that sort of uh, pledge to, to live right at the beginning of the year. I scoffed at it. But, boy, oh, boy, that is that is premium premium right now for, for all teams. Mark, we've seen the Big Ten uh, be willing to walk back um, some, of their, some of the decisions that they've made. Obviously, the big one came this week. We're all certainly in this room grateful that that happened. Uh, but they're not going to allow any fans in any building, regardless of the state and whether how that state is doing with their COVID. Might that one be one that they walk back at some point in the season? Or do you think that that one is written in ink that there will be no fans at any point in the stadium other than family and friends uh, for the 2020 season? I think if the curve starts to really flatten or go down or, or just stabilize, potentially. But I wouldn't bet on it this year. I just think uh, this year is more about eliminating variables. Now, when it comes to that fans is, is the first one you go to, and then it's gatherings around the stadium. Um, I, I don't imagine football will be the, celebra- the campus-wide or, if you look at Iowa City, the city-wide uh, celebration that it's been. I, I, I just don't think it can reach that level. Some places will, um, some bars will probably be open, or or I'm not even sure where that is yet in Iowa. But uh, I, I do I don't think it'll be the celebration that it's been. But I do think that uh, uh, there's a you never know. I, I, I'm at the point now with uh, COVID that you never say never. You can't make a, if you make a sweeping statement five minutes later, like the Big Ten, you know postponing the season on august 11th five minutes later someone's going to have rapid saliva testing uh and and it'll it'll just you know it'll shut you down never say never but it looks like variables and you look uh, uh, take that a little bit further um if i'm if i'm a program i'm not letting reporters near my players i do all everything on zoom for sure i i just take take out all the variables that you possibly can and try to bubble up as much as you can. And I, I, you know, I don't think, you know, obviously college football, there's the bubbling and with all the students and the social aspect of college going to be impossible. But, and I, I think, the, I think the players have tasted now the fact that, yeah, the league will take your football away. I think there's a heightened awareness and, uh, um, I think fans can see that, but I think right now, I think the plan, you know, I think you, what, I think you'll see a lot of Big Ten what I what uh, Jack Trice looked at like uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Mark, you have plenty of uh, Saturdays before football gets back. You normally are working at this time. We know you love beer. You love making your way. <laughs> Where are you going with this? To di- different destinations. So, do you got any trips planned? Are you going up to Decorah, hit up Toppling Goliath, heading up to Wisconsin. What's the what's the plan here? Because falls. Well, this is a different fall and probably one you'll never have again until retirement. Uh, yeah, and and uh, I think uh, I, I had my my bi week fishing trip scheduled. I'm going to go on that. That's uh. Ooh, that's uh, uh, September, I better know this. September 30th to October 10th. So I'm going to be gone. I'll be musky nice. fishing in northern Wisconsin. Um, but then uh, you, you get back, and it's uh, it's basically August again. And the team is, you know, the one of the one of the big questions I had, and I think a lot of Kirk brought it up yesterday when he was interviewed by BTN. Uh, how ready can a team be in six weeks? Well, uh, I get back from that fishing trip, and uh, basically it's in the middle of camp. And uh, they're, they'd be ready to, be, to probably have a kid's day. So it's hitting the ground running. I mean, I think it's hit the ground running for everybody. Um, the one thing that I'm kind of, if Penn State ends up being a, 
uh, a road game and they're allowing road media to have a place in the press box. Oof, that's going to be a long drive, you guys. Yeah, for sure, because it looks like Penn State's on the schedule, potentially, and that game will be there. And Freermuth, the tight end, is back in, right? Didn't I see that? He was an opt-out, and I believe he's back in. And he's a he's, yeah. he's a weapon. Hey, Mark, last thing for me. Um, and I get that they're trying to fill all these TV slots and they're doing the right thing. You got to capitalize. This is a, as much as anything. It's a money decision. What we see, what the cancellation of football has meant to athletic departments, not just the football program, but athletic departments mm-hmm. overall. The uh, eight, the plus one aspect of the schedule. I mean, last year we would have seen Iowa and Michigan had they done this. I like the idea, Mark. One versus one, two versus two, dot, 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 all the way down to seven versus seven. Good idea in your mind? Yeah, and you know what? I think that something like this, if, if it turns out well and if, I, if you can dominate the ratings that weekend, if you're the Big Ten, uh, do it every year. Um, and, and make it, a, make it you know, flood, flood that uh, Saturday before Selection Day Flood that with Big Ten stuff. I mean, yeah, there'll be would, would, in a Big Ten footprint. Would you rather watch the ACC title game, which will be Clemson destroying somebody, <laughs> right. or would you rather watch uh, Illinois and Rutgers, surely the last place game <laughs> in the Big Ten? I think I'd watch Illinois Rutgers at least for a little while. <laughs> for a little, yeah, until uh, Clemson gets it going. Yeah, start until Trevor Lawrence until Trevor Lawrence came on the field, then maybe I'd, I'd flip. So uh, you mentioned opt-outs. There's been some rumblings about possibly Colbert of Iowa. Anything else you're hearing on that front? Any Hawkeye players at least teetering with the decision? No, not that I know of. Uh, Colbert, is, that's a name that's uh, Jimon Colbert, uh, Iowa inside linebacker. That name's been floated uh, for a while. That is not confirmed, but that is, uh, that's pretty prevalently known. Um, but beyond that, I have not heard any. You know, usually, I would hear maybe one or two things about guys uh, opting out. I haven't heard that. I think this is a weird year. Like we said earlier, I think this is a Big Ten. This is an Iowa team that has a lot of guys on the NFL cusp and a lot of guys who want to show their wares and uh, uh, work their way up the draft board. Going to be fun. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, thank you. Uh, we'll maybe, uh, hopefully, we'll get you once more before you head on your fishing trip to Wisconsin for 10 days. Thank you, Mark Morehouse. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Mark Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Look for Scott Dockerman's and Mark Podcast uh, coming out with uh, before 1 o'clock. Is that what he said? Somewhere around early mm-hmm. afternoon, anyways, uh, for the On Iowa Podcast, Dockerman and Morehouse. Uh, we'll come back, finish out the program. Got a Thursday night game tonight. Twins afternoon baseball with the yeah, White Sox. One ten first pitch for that one. It'll be Kenta Maeda on the bump against Lopez of the White Sox. Chance to even the series and with it get back within a game of the White Sox for they the division. You need to be so the White Sox will have a couple more games, right? Don't they have a couple to make up? Yeah, they're the uh, Twins are two ahead of them in terms of games played. So yeah, a couple more in their docket and. The White Sox, you're fine with that, the way they've been playing until last night. Yeah, and, the, and then the uh, Twins will stay in town and move across town and take on the Cubs uh, for the weekend. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. For details. Since 2012, the nonprofit organization Opportunity on Deck has strived to provide free-of-charge athletic opportunities and educational programs to more than 3,000 children throughout Central Iowa. Opportunity on Deck's annual slow-pitch softball fundraiser, The Game for Good, will be played at Principal Park on Sunday, September 20th. 
teams this year will be coached by former Hawkeye greats Tim Dwight, Tavian Banks, and Jenny Barancha. To play, volunteer, or donate, go to opportunityondeck.org. Welcome back. Going Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Final few minutes of the program here today. So what's on your docket today, Trent Condon? Will you get to see your white so- or your twins go up against the Sox? Unfortunately, not much. I'll be searching for the radio broadcast of it. I have... I'm going to get another test. I've been fighting allergies, but just to be what safe. What kind of test? COVID test. You really are? Yeah. It's How many is this for you now? This will be number four. Jeez. Number two hurt. One and three were fine. Let's hope it's more like those two and it's not a vice versa. So I got that. Then I'm going to be talking to a couple of coaches and doing the pregame, uh, getting ready for CISN broadcast tomorrow night of Southeast Polk Valley. So mm-hmm. going to talk with Coach Swenson, Coach Wilson as Dowling prepares for Waukee. Got that. And then a couple more of meetings. good games tomorrow night. Trey. Yeah, we, we got a good slate yeah. after we talk about a lot this week, college football. You know, last week's slate was a little weird. We still await what's going to happen with the Des Moines schools. But the way it's set up, we got... I think four pretty compelling games here in Central Iowa just at the 4A level. There's plenty of other good ones in the smaller classes. So be a great Friday night, and uh, you can hear the game right after the boys, Joe Stacy and company, finish up uh, at 11 o'clock with the replay, Southeast Polk and Valley, and you can watch it live over at CISN. I'll be on the call for that one. have to go solo, though. It's a little tight in the press box in oh, Southeast is it? Polk. Yeah. Nice. Well, at least you'll be there. Bensie will get a week off, and he needs one. Good. He's been out there, you know, working hard for me. So maybe you can we'll watch at... Campbell and Coastal Carolina. Yeah, the house ever a Friday that's night. That's a brutal one. That's uh, that's that's terrible. Uh, so you're going to be watching White Sox Twins while yeah, you're working will, this afternoon. This afternoon, yeah, for the most part, gets to see a lot of that game. Hockey tonight or NBA for you? Or NFL. I want to watch Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. I do too. How is it six? What are we missing here? The, it seems too easy. It, it does. I, I I don't I don't get it either. Um, I don't. I think Cincinnati's good, Trent. I do too. Not good. Not, not they're like, fine. Yeah, they're not Kansas. City they're probably good. still a five and an eleven team. Uh, maybe a couple more Six, than that. They should have beat the Chargers. I don't should've. know if that's saying a lot. Yeah, because I'm not sold on the Chargers. Um, but six did Lee points. did Lee took the Chargers over the Colts or over the uh, Chiefs this week? Got eight and a half. Took the points. It's a lot of points. Boy, I'm giving those with confidence. You are. I think so. You're just going to ride this Kansas City train, aren't I you? I think you are, and I think I'm going to go against Denver a lot of times. Especially, I, I fear for Drew Locke this weekend. <laughs> going up against the Steelers? Holy crap, you watched them on Monday? Mm-hmm. They're good. They're locked and loaded. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's a good football team. I'm with you. I think that um, if you're looking for that other team, mm-hmm. other than the Ravens or the Chiefs in the AFC, I think it's the Steelers. Six o'clock start tonight for the Celtics Heat. Trying to stay Game away from two, football a little bit. Probably a little bit. Although, yeah. you know what? I don't think NBC's got the football tonight. I think right. this it's is NFL, NFL Network onward, until, right? until early October when the Bucks and Bears play. Okay. That's the first Fox broadcast. So, yeah, this is NFL Network only, I think, for the first four weeks. But of it's the still schedule. Buck and Aikman. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure it is. Pretty sure that the uh, uh, that the NBA, uh, that the Fox main crew will be there. Uh, Tiger's been all over the uh, all over the course. He's got five bogeys. He's got five birdies, so he's even. Okay, I saw he just pushed one out to the right. Oh, so he's off his way to his sixth bogey, perhaps. Looking that way, but this course is incredibly difficult. I, I was surprised to see a couple of four unders 
here early on with well, Justin Patrick Thomas. Well, Patrick Reed got a hole in one. That helps. Yeah. That's that's two that you go under when you get one of those. Here's the leaderboard. at the. I mean, right now, again, there's been a whole bunch of guys haven't teed off yet, but mm-hmm. four under leads the way. Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas, and Roy McIlroy right there at three under. I think NBC would sign oh, up for that right now? baby, I'll say. Got somebody that people love to hate in Patrick Reed. Mm-hmm. Got Rory, of course, a big name, and Justin Thomas, another big name. They could take that leaderboard to a Sunday. Yes, no Phil, no Tiger. I think they would definitely sign up what for that. What time does Mickelson hasn't gone off yet, I don't think. I by hadn't seen w- when I looked a while ago, yeah. Uh, by the way, Matt Rudy joined us early in the week and alerted us to watch this amateur. <laughs> Rasmus Hogard, is yes, that his yes. name? He's seven over. He fired a 77 today. Well, I mean, he had fun out there, right? <laughs> he did. I hope nobody went to the windows with that one. Was he 160 to 1 he or was. something crazy like that? I see uh, DJ tees off at 12.16 our time. And Mickelson, 12.27. Yep, him and Zach will be playing together. Oh, good. So that'll be fun for the afternoon when we get uh, flipped over the coverage. And you got a busy afternoon in front of you. I know, and i got two calls. Maybe, oh, no. maybe I can change them. Push it back. I think so. Can we get that actually Monday next week? Yeah, let's do that. That fits better with my schedule. How about yours? Anyways, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got uh, this time tomorrow. We'll have just completed our Friday staple, which is barbecue from Claxons. That's coming up tomorrow. It'll be all football. A little baseball. You want to put baseball in? What if they don't play? What if it rains? Oh, and maybe. Yeah, probably all football, stick with and football. Anyways, I right. uh, look forward to Might that. Might have a game seven in hockey. We, we, no, Tampa's going to win. Today. It's over. I believe it will be. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. By the way, Barta uh, at 1 and then one thirty. Fair, and so we'll recap those tomorrow morning. Uh, thanks for being with us. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM.